This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Steve Reynolds and Mike Gregg. This is our post-match show of Foam's 3-0 victory against Aston Villa. We have a lot to talk about in regards to the show. Mike was there. Mike will give his first-hand take for what he saw at Craven Cottage. And Steve and I watched the match, so this should be fun. Before we get going any further, I just want to mention, as always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It helps other Foam supporters Find us. Also, as uh, everyone probably knows, because I keep saying it, Cottage Talk is now part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Okay. Mr. Greg, thank you so much for joining us on such short notice. You are at Craven Cottage. Feel free to share your thoughts on this victory here. Uh, well, it was, uh, it was a really good night. Cottage under the lights, uh, as everyone knows, is the, the best place to watch a game of football. And uh, the quality of the football we played was top-notch, best, you know, best of the season easily. Um, and compared to the recent Premier seasons we've had, uh, probably the best performance overall. And uh, just, it was, I, I mean, Villa were not good. <laughs> it has to no. be said, they were not good. And we've, we can probably talk about that later. But overall, what... yeah, it was just a brilliant night, especially after... A bit of a bumpy ride we've had recently. It was good to uh, get back on track and uh, prove a few doubters wrong. And, you know, there's a couple of talking points as well from the game. But uh, overall, you walk away from the game just talking about the quality of it, the chances we had. Every player performed well. And, um, and the thoughts of, you know, struggling and relegation and all that get put to the back of your head for certainly until the next game. <laughs> okay. But no, it was a great night. Yeah. Okay, excellent stuff. Okay, Mr. Reynolds, over to you. Give me your opening thoughts of uh, of this uh, 3-0 victory through your eyes, and then we'll, I'll go back to Mike. Um, I, I think, actually, Fulham surprised me because um, I thought they would sit more back. I mean... I, I went for a tight 1-0 win. I was surprised that I think it was the attitude and I think that is starting to come through more and more game after game. There is an attitude now within the team that is basically not looking at can we stay up I, you know, above 18th or whatever. Right. Um, I think they're looking higher. Um, and I, I think... It was, I mean, certainly the first half, we were, uh, as Mike says, you're looking at Tagana. Uh, I mean, my God, I mean, you could be 2 nil down with five minutes to play under Tagana, and he still had belief. Um, so, yeah, I was very impressed. Very impressed. Okay, excellent stuff. And, Mike, I'm going to go back to you because I'm actually going to 
share something that you actually tweeted out and it, it involves your father. And I, I, I find it interesting and because we are just mentioning John Takana, you mentioned this in this post on Twitter. So I just want, want to share that. Just give me a second while I share that and, uh, and get your thoughts on how this came about this. Uh, when you were talking to your father, it says, this is what you uh, tweeted. Sat with my old man in the middle of second half. He turns to me and says, we aren't going down. This is as good as it was under Tagana. Mike, that's pretty high praise. Just talk about this conversation you had with your father during the match. Yeah, so uh, I think it was probably two. Or it may have been three now. I mean, you could probably check on the timeline. But uh, it was just a case of the quality of football we'd been watching. We're obviously attacking the Hammersmith end where we sit now as well. And... You know, if you look back over the years, what we're talking about there is, you know, under Roy, we had some great years and, you know, Europe, all of that. Um, but I think everyone would admit it wasn't the, the most attacking, fluid football that we'd ever seen. Right. And yes, under Jukanovic in the championship, uh, you know, you know, I loved his football, uh, Russ. You yeah. know how much I, yeah, I raved about it. Absolutely. Him. Yeah. But it was. It was the freedom and the passing and the quality that we saw out there. And my dad just turned, said that. And I'd add also what he said was, you know, you look at the team out there and, you know, we're possibly two, maybe only two or three players away from a team that maybe at its best, you know, you're looking top eight possibly. You know, you look at players... You know, if they're all playing to their ability, but if we right. could find, obviously, a quality right back, <laughs> um, you yes. know, and <laughs> and maybe another really good centre half yeah. and another midfielder, and then suddenly you're on a different level, aren't you? And and that's what we were talking about. So it's the quality of player we're looking at, and and then you know, since 2013, 14, when we got relegated and we're up and down in, in the championship. We were, we were talking more about the Premier League. You know, last year was brilliant. But I have to say, at its best, what we've seen this year, uh, and it's and Steve mentioned it, uh, you know, we're, we're not like under Parker, 1-0 sit back. Silver doesn't play like that. He no. plays with a freedom. And, yeah, okay, sometimes it might be a case of can we score more than we let in. Um, but, you know, it really is good football, you know. Polina in the middle there, oh. he, I mean, he is, you know, he's he's not a top six player, he's top four. Yeah. You know, we, we've just got to keep him and build around yeah. him. And, oh, I agree, Mike. You know, so so that's what that was about. It was just a moment in the game where we were, you know, absolutely ripping them apart and, and, and with good value, uh, even with them down to 10 men and the issues they've got, you know. Um, but, yeah, it was... It was a high middle of the game, you know. Okay, excellent stuff. All right. Guys, before we really break this down, I want to mention this because as I'm watching the broadcast, and they talked about this, that the talk after the match, Mike and Stephen, I'm sure you're going to agree with me on this. The focus was not on Fulham's victory, but it was on Stephen Gerrard at the time potentially getting sacked, and then he gets sacked. And I, I got to tell you how irritated this made me. So this morning, I decided to listen to Talk Sport, and I listened to Sam Matterface. And what irritated me about this, and I want to get your thoughts, because Steve and I have talked a lot about this, Mike, that, and again, you can go back in history, how Fulham never get their due in the media. And there are media members that are Fulham supporters. We know that. But this really irritated me because this was all about what Aston Villa didn't do in this match and what Gerard didn't do. And there was so little talk on foam. And when there was talk on foam, Sam Matterface basically said, I'm paraphrasing, he still expects foam to be in a relegation battle. Now I don't, you, you and I have been going back and forth on Twitter on that, but I found that a little bit of the old media situations with foam, looking at the history, looking at the stats and not watching the beautiful football that you saw last night, Mike. And as I tweeted, I don't think Sam has watched much of Fulham because if he did, he might not be saying that. 
So I'm curious your view of what the pundits and, and what the media was saying after the match where we've got this great victory, we've got this great performance, and everything is about Gerard and that Aston Villa, Mike. Yeah, but it's not unexpected, is it, Russ? You know, that is the way the media is. It's uh, it's Liverpool obsessed. It's West Ham obsessed. It's, you know, Arsenal obsessed. And, you know, Gerard being, you know, the uh, pin-up boy for England, you know, the golden age of the players who didn't achieve diddly squat. And, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the story, isn't it? You know, the story is him. The story is Lampard, um, you know, English young English coaches and um you know and I I can't blame him for after a game you know it's a big story yep. very rarely does a manager get sacked 10 minutes after a press conference midweek um so I can completely understand that you know that kind of focus and in some ways yes we want the plaudits on it in in other ways fine you know spend that time on on Gerard and whatever we got three points and we move on to the next game and um, uh, the focus will come up. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm tweeting this morning the stats and figures that I usually do. Right. And, you know, my target is still 38 points, you know, and, you know, we're, we're ahead of the target that I've set. And, you know, we should, we, we will be okay. I, I, I don't really have any doubts on that. Um but it's so tight and give it, you know, another two or three losses and you're, you're back down in the bottom six. So, you know, you could mention Sam Matterface who, you know, he is, uh, you know, he's very Marmite, isn't he, for fans? You might not get that expression, Russ, but... Uh, I get it. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... Um, <laughs> you can take or leave him, can't you? But right. it, it's... You know, there's some Fulham fans in the press and they were still obsessing with Gerard because it was the big story. And right. so I, but I'll let them have it. Also, in many ways, the sending off, which we'll talk about later, yeah. you know, not a big deal that is going to be made about whether Mitrovic, you know, feigned it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, let them, let them forget about it. I'd rather we sort of sneaked around in the middle going up <laughs> without anyone noticing us. You know move what, Mike? On, that's, that's that's a good point, Steve. Any thoughts on uh, what Mike shared and me bringing up this topic? You and I have talked about this. I think I um, I think the entire football press is obsessed with the so-called top six, as it were. Um, everything is about them. Uh, you know, it's I suppose the classic is match of the day. Uh, and Mike would probably agree with me. Fulham could win 5 0, but we would still be second from last on match of the day. Um, it's it's just inherent within the the journalistic world of uh, regarding football, sports writers, and everything else. Um, you, there's nothing you're going to be able to do to change it. You just have to just. Sit down, take no notice, and just keep doing what we're doing and just keep moving on. And eventually, someone's going to turn around and say, Well, actually, ah, they're doing quite well, aren't they? Um, right. you know, but right, I and that was actually the counter, Steve. Right. I don't think you'll change it, Russ. I don't think you'll change it. Okay, but what's it's interesting about this is that in this uh show that I listened to, the other pundit on the show basically was saying, you know, talk about how great Fulham played and you don't understand because Fulham played well in this match. And so, so there is some of that. We are getting some of that and maybe I should just let it go. But I guess what I'm yeah, looking not, for. Not, not the mainstream press and it's been like that oh, <laughs> for years, years. And it's not going to change. It's not going to change. I, I know. I guess, I guess after a big victory, I was hoping for something different and I didn't get it, and I, sh I shouldn't be shocked. Okay, so so that's on me. Anyways, <laughs> let's let's move on, and let's um, talk about the starting 11. Mike, I'll go right back to you. So I made a huge call in the preview show because I wanted Bobby Decadover-Reed to be available up front if Silva wanted to go that way. I wanted them to play Mbabu. I know how fans feel about Mbabu, but I want them to make a call on Mbabu, meaning play him, 
And then if it doesn't work out, you can always go back to Bobby Decker Dover. You don't want to do that, but I wanted them to go with a true right back. But also it just shows what Silva thinks of him because he's not playing him. So, so we, obviously he knows a lot more than I do. That was just my call on that. But um, what were your thoughts about the starting level? How did you feel about when that came out? Yeah, well, after the last game, uh, because I thought Kenny had played so well, I did, you know, I did tweet that I thought maybe it would be good for him to start. Yeah. And that, you know, provoked quite an interesting discussion and points of view on, you know, his role really now at Fulham. You know, I thought it would be a good game for him to start, maybe leave Reed out. Um, uh, Bobby at right back, I'm, I'm not too fussed about at the moment. Okay. After Mab Mabu against Newcastle was. He was dreadful. And uh, so, you know, I'm in no rush to see him again, I have to be okay. honest. Um, I suppose I was surprised uh, William started. Uh, but then James has struggled to really get going since he joined. Um, so when I saw the team, I, that was the only surprise for me, I think, that, that William hadn't been out, you know, was uh, was back in. Um, and, of course, every game almost, you're sort of thinking he's, is Mitrovic going to be fit? You know, right. is he going to start? Um, but, yeah, I, I suppose the team was, you know, 10 out of 11 was almost what was expected, uh, really. But uh, And you've got to give it, you know, all the discussions after the weekend's game. And Silver calls it, and he calls it perfectly, doesn't he? He does, Mike. And here's an interesting thought, and then I'm going to go to Steve on this, because you brought up Kearney. And I know there are many supporters that wanted Kearney, and there's a part of me that's, understands why because I think Kearney has a role not just coming off the bench Mike I think he's very effective doing that but I think against certain opponents where Fulham need to basically I guess you could say I look at teams where we're going to have the ball more maybe we should have Kearney out there but again he went with Reed and it worked here Mike but I, I I understand I do think that there are certain matches where you could use Kearney starting uh, which was last night, and he didn't. So I think that's, right, uh, right. you know, so I think that tells you that, you know, because think of another team then, Russ. You know, who else is he going to play against? You know, the team's near the bottom. No, it's yeah. a good point, Mike. So I think I think we are seeing exactly what Silver thinks of Kearney in uh, what he can offer at the moment. And also, yeah. as long as the guys are producing the, the, you know, the two or three of them in the middle there, he, he's going to struggle to to start. So, um, you know, I think we're going to have to get used to uh, Kearney end of season, probably two two starts and uh, 24 subs or whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, but he certainly has a role. And, uh, Steve, I want to get your thoughts on uh, the starting 11 and also our Kearney talk here. Um, I think uh, I'm out. I called it that I think we should bring Diop in. Um, oh, I forgot you were going to bring that up. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> only because I think he's he's going to make mistakes. Uh, anyone at the back will make mistakes, be it Remy or or Tosin, whatever. But I think he he gives an added presence not only in uh, defence regarding corners, set pieces, but also in attack. I think midfield, I can, I, I think Kearney, I think they're not uh, putting him in cotton wool, but I think he is liable to injuries and I think they're trying to avoid anything like that. But I like the midfield we've got. As a lot of people did not like or or do not like particularly read. Um, I, well, like I know Reed. someone that doesn't, but that's beside the point. <laughs> well, we, I think I, I would I, I would concur. Um, no. But I think we we've got that uh, that bite in midfield at the moment, which prevents other teams necessarily playing forward. Um, uh, all right, you've got Mitro. We've got to look after him, obviously. Right. Um, but I think more interesting is the players who everybody wrote off six months ago and how well they're doing. You look at Cabano. You look at Reem. Yeah. Yeah. You look at Bobby, 
Bobby Decker Dover Reed. Someone said before the season you're going to play Bobby uh, BDR at right back. back. Yeah, they would have laughed you. So I think, I think it's again. I, I'm sort of reverting back to what I said earlier. It's, yeah. it's this team presence. Yeah. That it doesn't matter. We can doesn't matter what we've got injuries. What we can carry on, and I think that is. So important, I think, as Mike said with the, uh, uh, with his dad, that was what we had under Tagano. We never ever gave up, and they believed in themselves as a yeah, team. Yeah, they have this resilience, Steve. Yeah, I, I yeah. actually agree with so this, important. and that is so important, I think, at the moment. Um, the manager, yeah, it's, it, come, it comes you from know. the manager, it, it definitely comes from the manager. Guys, before yeah, we move on yeah. from the starting 11, I, I actually want to ask both of you this. Michael, go to you first because we talked about Diop coming in and, and Steve had been basically clamoring for that. And, of course, it's now been the last couple of matches. I've wanted Diop in. The bigger question is what does Silva do with Tosin right now? What are your thoughts on his role and what does this mean? I find this interesting because I was thinking, why don't you go with – Tosin and Diop. Nothing against Tim Ream. But what are your thoughts about, you know, and again, that that opens up another can of worms, I know. But well, it, Yeah, well, it did for me at the weekend because I posted, I think it was on Sunday, I said, you know, maybe it's time to have a look at what Tosin and Diop can do together. Right, right. And, I, I feel um, that way too. And, you know, and... And I absolutely got battered, uh, you know, by, <laughs> you know, you, you cannot, there, there is an element where you cannot criticise Tim Ream at the moment, you know, or you cannot make suggestions which mean he does not start. Now, he's playing really well, absolutely right. playing really well, out of his skin, um, you know, proving me wrong. Um, you know, I was one who said, you know, We've seen him twice up there. He can't do it. But again, this goes back to, you know, be what probably the third time we've said about how Silver is influencing things. And you're looking at him. I'm looking at him live last night. Yeah. And yes, what is he? 35. But he's, you know, he looks as fit. He looks as 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 quick as he ha has done from the day he joined. You know, he is better. And that goes, again, go back back to Tigganar. We can all remember, um, Fulham fans who, who, who were around then, that players, when he came in, he improved them. The individual coaching improved them. And we've seen that. Uh, Steve mentioned so, Cabano. Yeah. 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 So yeah, still really his coaching well. team had the yeah, ability. Phenomenal. To improve players. And so... Has Reem done anything wrong that means he should be dropped? No. Do Should you look at the bigger picture with uh, See, that's Tosin? where I'm going, Mike. See, that's where I'm going. Yeah. So his contract is up. Right. And he hasn't signed an extension. If he sat on the bench, you know, is he going to be in the mood to sign one? You don't know, do you really? But um, Dio, his first couple of appearances were very dodgy, very shaky. Um, the last two games, he's clearly getting back to fitness. He's still there's a there's a you know you're not a hundred percent certain with him with the ball at his feet, but he's definitely getting better. And I tell you what, I watched which you wouldn't have seen pre-match. Right. Um, so for a good ten minutes, you had the centre back. So you had uh, Reem. Cross, crossing the ball over to the uh, the right side to Bobby. This is all pre-match in the warm-up. And then Bobby running, crossing the ball in for the strikers. And then you had had Diop doing all these long cross-field balls to Robinson. And they did it all game. I was going to so, say, you, you know, they did it all game. Yeah. Wow. So, That's pretty cool, you know. Mike. Thanks for sharing. I had no idea. Yeah. So, so, so they were basically practicing what they actually – did in the match. Well, they that's, did in the game. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's uh, that's fantastic. I do have to share this just just a little funny from my friend Chris Goodwin, who actually is a Liverpool supporter. Russ Golden for right back. I'm starting the movement here now. No, no I I don't think I, I don't have the pace for that, so I can't do that. 
Um, but no, I, I wanted to bring up the whole situation with Tosin because I want Mike, I wanted it because I was looking at the big picture. And but as you said, has Tim Ream done anything to to be dropped? The answer is no. The answer is no. So so I understand why he continues to go with him, but I, I'm trying to look at what's the future with Fulham and are you now basically telling Tosin you're not part of the future by sitting him. And that to me is, you know, like you said, would he sign another contract now? I mean, that's, that's, well, it's, it's also, it's also Russ a kick up the arse to him as well. You know, I mean, he's, true, true. you know, so he's got to reach a level to knock the other guys out as well. And he has to do that in training and, um, you know, and we'll see where it goes. Okay. Excellent stuff. All right, guys, let's get into the match. And uh, Mike, I'll, I'll I'll start with you. And I think it's fair to just say full more dominant in the first half. We'll, we'll go through some of the individual moments in the first half, but just through your eyes, you're there, and then I'll get Steve's view, and I'll share mine as well. This started from the get go. This wasn't a slow build up. Third minute, you have the opportunity going right down the pitch, Vitro to William, beautiful shot. I, you know, it's funny. I, I watched it back today. You could see Mitro wait. Mitro wanted the ball back, but you know what? It was a good shot. It was a good shot, but it continued over and over again. The only frustrating thing I had coming out of the first half watching it, Mike, is that it wasn't more, is that it was just one goal because they were dominant. But I thought this was their best half of football this entire season. Uh, yeah, I mean, the first, I would say, 20, 25 minutes, we were clearly the, the better team. We were creating chances. Our, our set pieces were good. I mean, we haven't mentioned Pereira. You know, oh, his delivery from corners is is exceptional. Um, and he's getting criticised, you know, for his end product. But, I, you know, personally, I really like him. You know, he's one of my probably top three, four players of the season so far. Um, but yeah, for 25 minutes, we were knocking on the door. They had a couple of little half chances, I suppose. Um, and then they had the ball, I think, for you know, a good five minutes, you know, five to ten minutes. They were they were on it, and they seemed to be, you know, we run out of puff for a little bit. But then, you know, we get the corner, and uh, you know, the goal from Reed. <laughs> you know, it's a cracker. And uh, we had a really good angle where we were sat and uh, nothing was stopping that. So, uh, and yeah, we get to half time and you're right. If it had been free, you know, um, no one could have moaned. No, and we probably wouldn't be making a, a big deal of talking about some of the situations in the second half, honestly, either, because it, it would have been pretty much uh, done and dusted at that point. Okay, Mr. Reynolds, over to you. Your uh, thoughts on the first half? Um, I was slightly surprised, actually, to be honest, uh, the first half. I didn't expect us to come out quite as quick as we did. Mm. Um, but I think um, I think we caught them on the hop. I, I think um, Mr. Gerald has probably caught a little bit out and oh, he's, he's now no longer there. But I think... Our all-round play, our passing and the quick passing, the quick one-twos, and as Mike um, mentioned, the crosses, we're finally actually getting some decent crosses into the ball. Um, and I think, as I said to you, Russ, earlier, um, I think you look at Reed's goal, yep. that was a better goal than a lot of people give it credit for. Yeah. Because Ed, my initial reaction was, I don't know what, obviously, Mike, you're up the uh, up the hammy in, but um, the initial reaction was it got a, a slight deflection or whatever. But when you look at it in replays, the goalkeeper was clearly no one in front of him and it was just the way Reed put it in that corner. And I right. think actually that was a very, very good goal. Um, oh, I, I agree. You know, um, it's and it's strange how you get a player like Reed who goes, God knows how many bloody games without getting a goal, 
Now it gets it's to like, you know, We're almost going down the London buses. You wait forever for one bus, then three coming all at the same time. <laughs> um, you know, um, you know, uh, I, I, I think it was a good all-round performance. I yeah. think we attacked, and I think there, there was confidence. There was confidence in the team. There was confidence right. in the passing, uh, the movement of the team, everything. I, I thought it was a, a wonderful first half, probably the best of the season, to be honest. Okay, excellent. Mike, I want to go back to you. I want to focus on the counter because the one thing that I noticed, and, and uh, I know you're in the hammy end, so when this one situation late in the first half, they take the corner, and there were five fallen players screaming down the other side. That, to me, honest, honestly, Mike, one of my favorite moments of the match. They didn't score here, but it just showed where we're headed, Mike, in my opinion, that they have the ability to counter that quickly from an opposition's corner. That, to me, speaks volumes of where we're headed. In my opinion, I thought that was the best, one of the best moments of, of the entire match, and they didn't score here because it just showed me the intent that we're – the direction that Fulmer headed, Mike. I'm curious your view of that. You were in the hammy end, so you just saw them screaming. Yeah, they just raced away. That, that, I think that was the one with uh, William when he ran away, wasn't yes. it? Uh, down, yes. Yeah, sort of down yeah. the left. And the, all the guys on the right were screaming. But – um. But yeah, I mean, but that's the mentality. That's what goes back to what I said earlier. We're under silver. It's uh, um, the player. The handbrake is off. You know, the handbrake's been thrown away. So um, it's uh, we've got the players who can attack and, and run pay, at pace. And also, you know, Villa they they weren't on it. You know, they weren't playing yeah. for their manager. They they weren't. Okay. You know, they were there to be taken. So I have a uh, comment for you, Mike. So this is yeah. from my friend Chris. So, Mike, as you were at the game, was Fulham really, really good or was Aston Villa really, really bad? Uh, we were really good, but Villa were poor. So they looked <laughs> like us. They looked like us under the season we got relegated with Parker. Oh, you know, okay. um, you could – it was one of those games as well. You can tell the players – they aren't playing for their manager. And, um, you know, they've got good players and they should be doing better. You know, they should be giving us a better game. But I'm not going to take anything away from from what we did last night. You know, we were, we were good and there was a reason we won 3-0. And it's not just because, you know, they're not playing for their manager. We were, we were good. But they weren't, they weren't at it at all. And... Uh, yeah, you can imagine how annoyed some of their uh, fans were. Yeah, because that was a non-performance from them at times. You know, well, they had chances though. You know, into the second they half, a couple did. of chances there, and uh, in, the, and in the first half, unfortunately with Leno. So they, yeah. they did have they did have a few opportunities. I will tell you this, Mike. I actually listened to uh, BBC Radio West Midlands post-match report, and every call. It was it was all about Gerard and how poor they were, and it was interesting to hear their perspective, the Aston Villa support. So I, I heard a lot of that. It was it was interesting. I'm glad I actually listened to that. Well, all if right, we got guys. time, I'll, if we got time, Russ, at the end, I'll give you my theory on um, the Gerard type manager later. We're definitely going back there. We're definitely going back <laughs> there. I think I know where you're going on that. I I want to end with that. That's awesome. I I, I want to go there, Mike. Okay. So let's move to the second half. So now we have to talk about a controversial moment. It's more controversial now because the red card has been rescinded for um, for uh, for this player, for Luis. So, Mike, I'll give you first crack at this. You know, I've watched the replay. I don't think it's clear cut that he head-butted Mitra. So now we're getting that it's been rescinded. So that tells me something. And I love Mitro. Let me just start this. But he went down fairly easy when, when this happened. Yes, it's our player. Yes, I love Mitro. But I questioned it at the time. I've watched it several times. When you're being there, what, what was going through your mind? And and honestly, what goes around comes around with some of these calls. But I think we should talk about it and be fair on it. Um, well, I'll be honest. You know, the board got, 
he'd had the challenge, the ball had gone away, and we're looking at the ball. I think there's another challenge, which is a foul, and then suddenly we hear loads of shouting, and Mitro's on on the floor, and uh, I can see a couple of Villa players grabbing Louise and sort of moving them away, and uh, it's um, so something's gone on. I heard someone say, "Oh, you know, he head butted him." That was from behind me. I heard someone say that. Yep. So I go on Twitter while it's all going on, and I can see Fulham fans who I trust saying, "Mitro, what were you doing? You know, he's gone down like a sack of potatoes." <laughs> and then you got other people saying, "Oh, that's a red," you know. So um, I only saw the replay uh, earlier on, and I, I've only seen it from that camera angle from a distance. So that we've all seen. Is that if there isn't another one, then it doesn't. It doesn't look great for Mitro, I have to say. So, but you know, we've been on the end of some absolutely dreadful VAR calls, and so I'm just going to take it. And but Mitro, he just has that in him, doesn't he? You know, and it's it's disappointing. But we had this discussion that I just don't like. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. I know. But it's him, isn't it? And I'd rather he kept that in him than uh, you know it reduced his you know, style or whatever. Yeah. But I, it didn't change the result. You know, in the yeah. end, we were still going to win. No, and and I think that's the bigger picture here, Mike, and that's why I want to talk about this. But I think the three of us can all agree, Fulham are still going to win this regardless of, of this decision, regardless of the uh, the penalty that we're going to talk about as well. Fulham are going to win this match. I, I truly believe that. I don't care about, you know, again, I, I think it's fair to talk about all this, but they were going to win this match. Steve, you and I talked about this off air. Your thoughts on the red card for Louise? I said at the time. I, I said at the time uh, this was just half the match, and I had said to you two contentious decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, what Mitro is no different. Let's be honest; it's no different from the likes of Harry Kane and a lot of other. Strikers, top strikers with the top six clubs, they will go and try and get what they get. Uh, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's correct, but it is football. What I would look at would be the fact that, as Mike said, we looked at one camera angle. The fact that... The VAR took it to the referee. The referee then went to the touchline and still decided that it was a, a record. I'm, I find it astonishing. I really do. And I'm, I'm not at all surprised it's been rescinded. Um, you know, I, you know, you, you can get into the referee in, but you know, that's a massive. As as we say, we could do. I know we do shows. Hours. But yeah. I, I don't personally like it. Okay. Um, when players go down like that, but sadly, uh, it's part and parcel of the game now, um, mm-hmm. which I do not like. But you've you've got no choice. It's not going to change. You're going to have to get up and get on with it. Um, it's going to either go with you or it's going to go against you. Um, but. You know, I, I I don't I don't think it was a red. Okay. In fact, if I was going to be really brutal, um, and as usual, I always had taken. I know where you're going on this. Go I, 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 I would have given Vitro, in retrospect, a yellow card. I how did I know you were going to go there? Okay. Uh, uh, I know. You know. I'm, I speak as I see, mate. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. You know. Okay. 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 So. So let's move on. And Mike, I'm going to go back to you because I want to get your view of this. So I've watched many replays of this, uh, the penalty, the handball. It's handball, but it's very close, Mike. It's extremely close. You got you had to have gotten a good view of this in, in the Hammersmith end. So what is your view of the uh, penalty here? Did Fulham deserve a penalty here? Now, I was telling Steve off air, it reminded me a little bit of the uh, Damian Duff in the Juventus match, a little bit of like with, with Pedro, it's a little bit of that. I don't know if you know, you probably remember that. 
But um, what are your thoughts about this? You know, because again, what's interesting about it, I think Mitro might score if he doesn't do this. So I'm curious your view. I mean, it was um, I mean, it was right in front of us, literally right in front of us. And he whacked it one. And yes, it's handball. You could tell it straight away. No, no hesitation. Okay. It's a it's a rule thing. Russ, so you either, you know, you're either someone who says, you know, that kind of thing shouldn't be a handball if it's like, you know, he's a yard away from him, two yards, if that. And, um, but that's the rules, you know, and so it's handball, you take it. And, um, yeah, <laughs> they, they, they didn't protest as much as you would expect. They knew it was a handball, so okay. I had no worries about it. Um, and it just delayed. If we hadn't got it, it just delayed our, our third goal anyway. Okay, excellent stuff. Steve, your thoughts on this? Um, I agree with Mike entirely. Um, I don't. I I don't think it's from a personal point of view. As a defender, you go in, you're turning it back. As the as the ball comes in, it comes off your leg and hits your arm in milliseconds. It's bloody harsh, but as Mike very, very correctly uh, said, it is the rules, and this is the problem at times. Uh, there is no real definition of the rules regarding handball, um, but, hell, we had some absolutely outrageous decisions against uh, West Ham, so, yeah, that's you know, the kind of way I look at it. I mean, I'm, it's you know. I I'm, 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 I'll take it. I don't like it, but I'll, I'll, I'll take the penalty. Um, okay. At the end of the season, that penalty or that whatever, the sending off and the handball could mean the difference of staying up or going down. Personally, I think we'll be probably. As far as I'm concerned, we'll be uh, back in the Europa League. Um, it's only a matter of time before Fulham take world dominance over once again. But there you go. Oh, let's hope so, Steve. I'm just going to share some comments here. So this is from Gary D. Never a penalty, but we'll take it somewhere, somewhere to what we're talking about here. Intent or no intent? And then Gary's really going on this. No way a penalty. Let's see what, what Brian says. Never a penalty, but we're all... Talking historically now, unfortunately. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff, guys. All right. So, Fulham score the third goal. And, Mike, this is an own goal. Sorry, let's go to the third goal. Your thoughts on the goal that put the match away. I think Fulham were just cruising after this. You know, and, and there wasn't much going on really after the goal. But your thoughts on the own goal. And, again, um, Cabano was good in this match. So, I, I give a lot of credit to Cabano here. Yeah, I mean, he deserved it. You know, there was a lot of good link-up play on both both wings. And, uh, you know, Cabano switched in the game from from the left hand to the right. And, uh, you know, this time he, you know, it was good play down that side. And, uh, you know, he gets the shot in. And, you know, sometimes you look at players, you know, just get it inside that six-yard box because sometimes there can be a deflection. There, and it, it was, you know, that kind of goal. And uh, and you know there is a player. There's a player who, for you know, probably three or four years, you know, loaned out to Borough. You know, he would have two or three good games, and then and then you get Silver. And I personally think a lot of it is down to uh, Boamonte. Uh, to they basically go to him. You're a winger. You know, list your job as a winger is to get to the byline, get into the penalty box, get crosses in, and since the beginning of last season, he's just a revelation. And uh, I never thought he he had a lot of the ability we've seen in the last two years. And, uh, you know, it's just keep it simple. Don't, you know, don't confuse players. Just just play to your strengths. And that's what he's doing at the moment. And, yeah, it was a thoroughly deserved third goal for us. And, okay, PE doesn't get it to him. But uh, I'm sure he'll find the net, you know, next few games. Okay, excellent. All right, guys, let's end the show. We're going to talk about some other subjects, but we're coming up next. We're going to talk about man of the match. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, Mike, I'll go to you first. Give me your man of the match. If you're watching live, feel free to share your thoughts on man of the match, and I'll try to share those as well. Mike, who's your man of the match? There were some very good performances here. Well, I thought every every player who was on the pitch played well, even the subs when they came on uh, yeah, did their job even for the last few minutes um for me it's a it's either bobby or william and because uh, i thought bobby reed i thought he did a great job at right back yeah. I, you know i don't think he put a foot wrong um defended really well and then when he got into attacking positions did well as well uh but i think and i think he got it off the website as well but i'm, I'm gonna go for william yeah. a player i didn't want you know, and uh, and you know, he he's probably he's certainly not as fast as he used to be, but he's got some tricks. He's got the experience, and uh, yeah, he he was he was excellent last night, and thoroughly deserved the uh, ovation he got when he was subbed. And uh, yeah, so for me, he's my man of the match. Okay, Steve, over to you. Who's your man of the match? Um, I, w- I would like to say, I'd like to give a shout out to Diop because I think he did well. But I okay. think, I think as purely from positional wise, what Bobby Decker did, um, I think that was more important. Oh, don't get me wrong, William, I thought I thought was outstanding. No two ways about it. But I think. As a player being put in a in a position you're not necessarily used to, and you've made hell of a lot of, and you've still got the ability to go and attack. I would give it to Bobby Decker purely on a technical on, on a technical basis. Let's say. Okay, excellent stuff. All right, all right. So. Mike, I want to go back to you to to end the show. We're going to talk about a couple of talks. Oh, I, I do want to share a little man of the match. So let's see. So Gary D has William. Chris Goodwin says BBC Radio 5 Live was raving on William. I will give it to William. Uh, William. And Val Colossi says William. Let's see what Ralph says. William only signed because of Solomon injury. And hopefully Solomon comes comes back soon. Okay. Mike, I want to go back to – we will give a very quick preview of our thoughts on Leeds United. But you had something you want to talk to us about in regards to Gerard and possibly another manager? Am I am I going to Parker on this? I'm just curious. Well, no, I'll I tell you what. I mean, I've been thinking about it a long time. So coaching, you know, and you have it in American football. I'm sure you do and, and, and that kind of thing. Is coaching goes through cycles, you know, all of a sudden – the big thing is five at the back, three at the back. Right. You know, diamond formation, all this kind of stuff. So, you know, whatever the current fad is, those players fall into it. But I have this view that you have managers. Um, Southgate is just a, you know, he's before uh, Gerard and and Lampard and uh, and Parker, but they're all the same kind of ilk. They're, you know, they're probably. And certainly, the generation of Parker, Gerard, and, and Lampard are from that. You know, the same coaching badges. You know, they've been on the same courses. They've read the same books. They've had the same right. teachers. And you look at the teams they put out, the way they play, and they're all just carbon copies of each other. And and Southgate is probably 
you know, he's ahead of him in experience, but his style is similar as well. And it's this sort of waiting for things to happen. I'm watching the Villa, Villa team last night and I compared them to Parker's team when yeah. we went down. And Parker's team waited for something to happen to get that goal somehow and then hold hold off. And that's what Villa were looking to do last night while it was yeah. nil-nil. And and I get the same when I when I look at, um, at Everton and, and certainly England. It's just it's just a theory is that they've they they all learned the same way. And you see managers like Silva, and you see you know Potter didn't do that. So Potter, no. you know, he went and learned abroad and come back. And right. uh, and yeah, it's just it just says to me that there's something wrong yeah. possibly in the way they they sort of learned the game. Well, what's yeah, interesting is that I was actually watching a, a video clip of a different talk sports show, and they were saying that the situation with Gerard is that he's reactive, Mike. And that actually brought me back to Parker, that he's a reactive manager instead of a proactive manager. I, I think that's pretty accurate. I don't know if that goes through the young English managers. Like you said, they're all reading the same books. Maybe that's kind of the, the way that they're being taught to manage. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, like I say, it goes through cycles, but it yeah. just seems that this particular age group, uh, you know, just turned 40 sort of age group, that whatever they were learning when they were 30, I'm, you know, I'm not so sure. Okay. Steve, I'm going to bring you back in. What are your thoughts of all this? Um, I don't know. I, I, I would like to ask Mike, uh, how much pressure when – you become manager of a team. How much pressure is coming from the owners of clubs that are altering your basically ethos? How you really want to play? How much pressure is is it coming from the owners? The fact that I'm, if you're I'm manager, sure. you, you cannot afford to lose, so you're you revert to a, a, a boring. A boring bloody team, basically. Um, out of interest, Mike. What do you think? Ah, <laughs> uh, and you know, I'm I'm sure the pressure not to lose and just try and get points some, somehow is the way is. You know, Parker' philosophy was definitely let's try and get a goal, hold back, or even if we were you know one or two up, it'd, it'd go yeah. cautious. And because the pressure is immense, you know, Gerard did well in Scotland, you know, but the pressure is. Okay, the pressure on Rangers is massive, but yeah. you know, there's only two teams. Let's be honest, and um, uh, but we've but we've seen it with other managers. You know, they they go into their shell and they change. You know, I can't play the way I want to play, and and also how good are they as a coach? So we went back earlier about Silver, how he improves players. Yeah. Do these new managers, coaches? Are they being taught to improve players, or is it all about the team? Is it all about the structure? Yeah. So you're always going to play, you know, four three three. So if that player goes out, that player comes in. That's how he should have performed. And I sort of, I do joke, and Russ knows I've done this over the years. Yeah. You know, we're going to coach. We we get a really exciting player, and I go, we're going to coach that ability out of him. And <laughs> yeah, and we. Um, and Parker did it with Lookman, you know, I'm convinced of it. Great example. Um, and some of the Great other example. players, you know, so you've got, you know, Cabano was shunted off elsewhere and and others, and we just become a very, the pressure is there not to lose. And, yeah, you're right. It's, uh, they don't get time, you know, let's be honest. Um, but then you have, you go back to Yukanovic, you know, great season. We we went up, and um, but you know he couldn't get anything going. You know, and he wanted to play a a freer style, and it just didn't work for him. You know, whereas Silver, I think Silver's got the advantage because he came off the back of actually winning the championship, and also having, I think, more influence over the transfers. So, so yeah. Okay, I'm just going to share this comment. It's a, it's kind of big, so I'm just going to share a little bit. Sorry, sorry, Mike. Just I can't believe no one out of the three of you picked Harrison Reed. That surprises me. 
because he quietly just gets on with his job. I, I'm, I was just going to mention that small part of it. Mike, we really haven't talked too much about Harrison Reed. Your thoughts about him in this match? Well, as I said, I thought every player played well. So, I mean, I could, if I if I mentioned Reed, someone would say you didn't mention Reem. Uh, so I kept it to just the two. But okay. I mean, his goal was cracking. We all know he's a, you know, he's a little dynamo in there, running yeah. around all over the place. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be a broken record, but you have to say Silver saw something in him that that changed the way he plays. He moved him further That's forward. That's the amazing part of him. Yeah, you know, you know. he's not playing. The role that we thought he was going to play, we thought he was going to be a six, Mike. We, we thought yeah. he was, just, and he has changed the way. And dare I say, he's all, he's now gotten goals out of him, which I wasn't expecting. So he's changed yeah. his ways of playing. Of Harrison Reed, an established footballer, changed the way he plays. I mean, that's that's quite fascinating, and also a testament not just to Silva but to Reed that he took to the coaching. Yeah. Because I could also say, I could say I thought Robinson's performance last night, although yeah. not, not flashy, was probably one of his most professional performances, if that makes sense. You know? No, it does. It does, Mike. It does, Mike. All right. Just for time's sake, because I, I, I do want to wrap up the show, I, I want to thank my guests for being with me for so long. I do want to talk just very briefly on the Leeds United match. Mike, I'll get your thoughts, and then I'll go to Steve. We won't spend too much time here. And it's funny, I just did, uh, I was a, a guest on a Leeds United show, and we were talking about how Fulham could potentially be a manager killer. Wouldn't that be great? If they could get rid of Jesse Marsh and then and then get rid of Frank Lampard, wouldn't that be awesome? I don't know if that's going to happen. But I said on this show, and I want to get your thoughts, this is a tough matchup because of the way Leeds United play. They really haven't changed much from Jesse Marsh from Bielsa. They're still going to play with that intensity for 90-plus minutes. So, Mike, what are your thoughts on Leeds United? I think this is going to be a very tough match for Fulham here. Uh, yeah, I do as well, and especially from Thursday to Sunday. I think it's it's uh, it's going to be tough for us. Um, but there are <laughs> there are no easy games in the Premier League. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm confident we can get, you know, get a point or, you know, all three. Um, they're under he's under pressure and uh yes, yeah it will be interesting you know they, i saw it mentioned on twitter you know we could have a hat trick of uh, managers <laughs> go if we get three wins on the trot so um so yeah but uh which makes a change because we're usually used to playing the team that's just sacked their manager so um, i'll take that but no it's leads always a tough place to go to i've been there yeah. numerous times uh very intimidating but against if, if we are going to progress, if we are going to make ourselves a at least a mid-table-ish team, then uh, we shouldn't be going to Leeds uh, overly worried. We, we're giving them a good game and hopefully we can come, come away with something. Okay, and I've already seen this comparison. This is what I guess you could say concerns me, but it's different season, but it's the approach. What Coventry City did to Fulham last season, that they basically – press the hell out of us. That's what concerns me, Mike. But I think we're a different side now. Yeah, I mean, commentary last year was just one of those fluky teams and two games. And, uh, yeah, I'd rather not talk about the away game. Okay. Which I went to. Me okay. of all people, I should never bring them up again. <laughs> me of all people. Uh, no, you know, dreadful. but, but yeah. yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Steve, no, I think I he's, he's learned from that. He's learned from that. We've got, okay. we've got better players. Okay. Steve, over to you. Your thoughts on Leeds United? Oh, dear. Leeds, um, intimidating place to be uh, and to go to. I've been there many, many, many times with Fulham uh, in the good times and bad times. Um, yeah, Leeds only have one way of playing at the moment, or it would appear. Um, I think midfield is going to be important. Ellen Road is no easy place to go. Um, so, uh, given the choice, uh, I think I'd, I'd, I'd probably agree with Mike. I, I think a draw would be a. I'd be happy with that. Three points, I'd be well. 
ecstatic. Uh, I'll buy you. I'll buy you uh, a pint next time I'm in Boston, mate. Great show, fantastic show, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us on very short notice. Of course, Steve, thank you as well. I really appreciate it, Mike. No, thanks, Russ. And it was good to uh, speak to you, Steve. And uh, yeah, just keep up the good work, Russ. And, uh, you know, I'll join in whenever I can. Okay, excellent. All right. Well, I am going to wrap up the show. Before we go, just want to mention one last time to please do subscribe on YouTube. I know I mention that all the time, but it really does help other forum supporters and, and supporters of other clubs find us. So, so do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And as I always mentioned, Cutters Talk is now part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Okay. That's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For Steve Reynolds and Mike Gregg, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk, part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.